Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Going Off Track. Woo! This is episode two. Um, I think we wanted to kick off today by saying a massive thank you to every single person. Yeah, <laughs> to all of our 81 followers. Yeah, like, but like, it sounds a little bit cringy, but we're genuinely so grateful for all the all the positive messages we've had about episode one and everyone who's been supporting us. And we're really excited to make more podcasts for you. So that's like, that's the soppy bit over. Yep. And we're now done. we're going to start off today's episode with a little life update. So Ads, quick fire life update. What's been going on in your life in the last week? Well, well, first of all, <laughs> I don't actually know what to say. I actually found out I got into the cricket team, so that's exciting. Ooh, I am Yay. here with, in the presence of a celebrity, Loughborough AU cricket team's latest in the signing. Yeah. <laughs> but that is really cool because last yeah. week we were talking about how Ads has taken a long old hiatus from cricket. And uh-huh. now she's back. Yeah, I'm back. Um, you know, last year of Loughborough, I thought, why not? Let's try and... I did the trials. They were quite late in the year and just found out last week that I got in. So I'm excited to just get back to the training and, you know, see how yeah. it goes. Team sport. Made, oh, the girls were lovely. Made some lovely new friends. So That's that was so really nice. nice. How so. did you find the trials? I found them, found them good. Um, yeah. It was a lot of net practice so it was it was like two hours in the evening and then I had to wait another week for another trial which was another two two hours and then another week to see if I got in so it was quite no, like a long we're killing ads the tensions yeah. were high and yeah household. it actually was like <laughs> every was time we got in the car ads was like I'm I'm so scared about the cricket trial yeah I actually was because like I've actually never done trials before at Loughborough and yeah, yeah they, they were quite intense like the talent there was crazy like the girls were so talented yeah. so I did have a little bit of imposter syndrome but you're Here we one are. of them. I got, I got in. So. Really? <laughs> um, my life has been much less sport-filled, but it has been Halloween-filled. It's yes. been spooky season the last uh-huh. week. Um, I carved a pumpkin. Yeah. I carved a really cool pumpkin, but I carved it in a competition, um, and I did lose. <laughs> oh, it's all about taking But part. I thought it was cool. And your outfits have been so extravagant. Oh, I've my loved God. Them. I went out on Friday just as Harry Potter. Um, I found the outfit in a charity shop. And I was very, very pleased about that as a massive Harry Potter fan. And then I went out on Saturday with Ads and the rest of our house. And I was a flapper girl and Ads was a peaky blind. I was a peaky blind. <laughs> most basic girl outfit, honestly. We were like panicking on, well, Ads. I, I had my costume prepared since like July. Yeah, I mean, none of it was my own. I think it was the day of um, my flatmate Holly was like, do you need a peaky blinders hat and a watch, a pocket watch? I was like, yes, please. But um, that's been our lives since last Wednesday when we last spoke to you yeah um we're gonna kick off as we always do um <laughs> sports story of the week Woo! <laughs> um so ads would you like to go first tell yes. us your sports story absolutely of the it would week. be my pleasure so i've actually just this second had a quick change of mind with my sports story whoa, because whoa, whoa. you know i got up bbc news we are spontaneous yeah <laughs> and i thought i'd just match it with the cricket kind of theme oh nice so as you probably know, England have been in the Cricket World Cup recently. And it's it's been quite disappointing. I, if I didn't know that. Is do. that what we've been watching on TV? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, the Cricket, cricket World, Cup. World Cup. It is, it is. <laughs> um, you know, upsettingly, we got beaten by South Africa in two World Cups in one day. That's got to be history. That was like, traumatic. It's it quite traumatic to be an English person that day. Yeah, um, yeah but today I just wanted to talk about um, David Willey. So he... He's actually retired from international cricket today. Um, But there's been a bit of an uproar about this because um, 
people have been saying that his treatment has been by the England Cricket Board has been like disgraceful because his contract hasn't been updated. So I'll just read a little passage from BBC Sport. Yeah, so it's um, England's treatment has been quote disgraceful, says former captain Michael Vaughan, after the bowler announced he will retire from internationals. So it comes a week after England announced their new contracts, and he did not get given a deal, but everyone else did. Um, I don't know too much about this, but I'm pretty sure he did perform really well. So I'm just not sure as to yeah, why. Yeah, is happened. that is that why he's retiring then? I think so. Because... I reckon it's because of the treatment. So I think we'll find out more about this. Yeah, and like I'll update you. But yeah, oh uh, yeah. So Vaughan said he's been England's best player in the last three games. So it's just a little bit suspicious as to why his contract hasn't been updated. But I hope David Willey's doing okay. Yeah, absolutely. And that actually like my sports story does links quite heavily to today's podcast topic because it's about retiring athletes and the fact that actually he didn't really get a choice Mm -hmm. in his retirement necessarily it sounds a bit like for whatever reason england cricket's been a bit shady and that's not good shady yeah um but hopefully he can find some new fun things to be doing with his life and maybe he'll get some like i don't know book deals or something yeah. off the oh back of his yes, a new career. author just like a new career path yeah you know sometimes rejection is the best opens new doors us. yeah one 100%. door closes oh, another door opens so true amen so true so true um my sports story of the week is actually quite out of character for me because it's about boxing i'm excited about this one um but i think probably a lot of people listening know a little bit more about boxing than me but <laughs> i was intrigued to hear that tyson fury beat Francis Ngannou in his fight that they had on the 28th of October um, but it came down to a really close split decision by the judges Tyson Fury winning but there has been a lot of uproar saying that they people think Francis Ngannou should have won, was probably yeah. the rightful winner and potentially the only reason that Tyson Fury did win is because he's Tyson Fury he yeah. is a legend, he's an excellent yeah. boxer there's no denying it's a tricky it one. Like, um, with things being rigged and stuff, because obviously Tommy Fury fought, um, what was it, Logan? No, who did he fight? KSI. <laughs> yeah, KSI. KSI. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, and obviously there was uproar with that as well. And it's, yeah. it's just hard to kind of establish whether things could be rigged or not, because there's so much money involved that, like, it really could mm. be. So, See, I yeah. feel like in recent kind of weeks, I've... I've been watching more boxing than I've ever watched in my life, which was zero before the last couple of weeks. But we watched that Tommy Fury KSI fight, and I didn't realise that the decision is made by judges. Yeah. So it's like... It's subjective. It's totally subjective. Yeah, exactly. Like, people can see different things in a fight, but um, not all the judges were in agreement. It was a split decision, but Tyson Fury did win. Now, I found this interesting because Tyson Fury has announced his retirement from the sport like three times in the past he first announced it in november 2013 uh then he came back um and then he announced it again in 2015 and after that was when he had what we're going to talk about in today's podcast which is the athlete athlete identity identity crisis. crisis um tyson fury had a severe athlete identity crisis wow, post I didn't know that. leaving boxing. Yeah, he he became an alcoholic, turned wow. to like drugs, um, went into a massive spiral of depression and anxiety. And I've been watching his Netflix documentary recently, where he talks a lot about it. And in his Netflix documentary, which was recorded, I think last year, I, I'm not quite sure when it was recorded, but mm-hmm. he basically announced his retirement for the third time in 2022, having come back to the sport post 
um, his depression, his alcoholism, because he really couldn't find anything else that filled that void in him the way boxing did. Um, but he announced his retirement for the third time, but obviously, as shown by his recent fight on the 28th of October, he is not actually retired, and he's fighting Alexander Usyk, who is... So, Tommy Fury... Tommy? Tyson Fury oh, Tyson. and Alexander Usyk... Um, between them hold all four major world heavyweight titles um so they're having a fight in december to decide who the official champion of the world the heavyweight decider. champion of the world is so Ooh, i want to watch that yeah we should we should yeah. <laughs> we will yeah um basically tyson fury has tried to retire from boxing three times and mm-hmm. every time he has not been able to do it because he loves his sport. It's such a big part of his so life, much. isn't it? And their their life. I mean, you see John Fury when they were doing that eye to eye. You know the thing where the boxers come together and they, they see each other at the conference before? I don't know if you guys saw oh, yeah, but John like... Fury was just there topless <laughs> looking at them and it was so funny. It's like that is literally embedded in their life. Like they would know no different than yeah. to have boxing as like a key part of their life. That's why they can't really let go of it. Yeah, so I think Again, this brings us quite nicely onto the athlete identity crisis, which is what we're talking about in today's podcast. So, Ads, would you like to tell us what the athlete identity crisis is? Yes, would be my pleasure. So, I actually did a post about this on one of my Instagram accounts. I, I, because I definitely have experienced it myself. So, essentially, it's when, when you're um, a sportsman you kind of internalise the idea that sport is a part of your life. And, you know, when, when you're young and you play it all the time and it's it's a consistent thing that becomes a hobby and, you you know, you internalise the fact that you are good at sport and you play sport and it's a part yeah. of your life. So when this is taken away from you... Yeah. Oh, well, I was going to say I did a little bit of reading about yeah. this thing called identity foreclosure. Okay. Which is kind of a scientific term for what you're saying and yeah. that from a really young age you're kind of pushed into sport maybe or you decide you want to do sport and then people around you your coaches your parents other athletes are like god you're amazing like you're gonna be great you have so much potential and so from a super young age you kind of close yourself off to having any other identity yeah you just become absorbed totally you internalize the idea that you are going to be great sport and this is almost yeah, so essentially it's when you're training, competing, gaining sporting achievements, they contribute to sport being the championed piece of an athlete's identity. Mm. Um, there's a crisis because people become consumed by their sport. They start to believe they must fulfil expectations. And this definitely would be accentuated if your parents kind of pressure children or expect things from them. Yeah. Um, so then you believe you have to fulfill their expectations and that puts a lot of strain on mental health i think it's almost like any sporting achievement is your kind of only defining factor of how good you are in your life yeah as a human being like your worth almost yeah it's obviously not true but it's Mm -hmm. easy to get absorbed become kind of yeah just have that become your way of thinking definitely um and i read something that said that 45% of former athletes suffer from anxiety and depression after they leave their sport. And that can be for a number of reasons. That's, like that's leaving a your sport amount. doesn't just mean, oh, I've, I've decided I want to quit. It's also if you're injured and you have to leave or you have to take a long break or if you can't afford it anymore or there's, abundance of, there's an abundance of reasons why people might be forced into leaving their sport. Yeah. As well as even if you just choose to, to quit because yeah. you've 
you realise it's not for you anymore. Of course. It doesn't make it any easier for people to come to terms with the fact that something that pretty much became their whole identity has been taken away from them. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, <coughs> I was looking at some kind of famous athletes who have suffered from that athlete identity crisis, and it's actually pretty hard to find an Olympian, a famous athlete, someone who's committed that much of time to their sport, who hasn't had this problem, who hasn't yeah. struggled in some way. So I was reading about Dame Kelly Holmes. I'm assuming you know who Dame Kelly Holmes is. Yeah. For people that don't, she is the only female British athlete ever to have won a gold in both the 800 and the 1500 metres at an Olympics. She did that in Athens in 2004. So she's a great athlete, super well decorated. She now does punditing for athletics. If you ever see athletics on the BBC, she's probably sat there talking mm-hmm. about it and she's an The icon. cover girl. <laughs> yeah. She's wonderful. I love her, but I had no idea until I did this reading how much struggle she had through her career so she actually joined the army and she was in the army for nine years pre being an athlete um and she was doing sport in the army she was british army judo champion wow i thought that was quite cool cool. um and then she started training uh in like middle distance running um and she finally went pro in 1997 because they increased funding so she could make it her full-time yeah, thing awesome but then disaster struck um and she had about seven years where she was never fully fit she had glandular fever i know a thing or two about that i've had <laughs> glandular fever for the last month yeah um, uh, and then she had a uh, ruptured calf torn achilles oh, wow. um and she had five stomach operations oh my in goodness the time that she was pro- i had athlete. no clue about this you don't like, hear about insane. it and this is what she said in a lot of interviews because now she's a massive advocate for mental health and sport um but she was saying that at the time when she was like in her peak of her career so early 2000s late 90s mental health and sport just wasn't talked about at all it was like you just have to be the best you're going out you're putting on a show and that that kind of accentuates it's your athlete persona um and i think that makes it more part of your identity it's like you feel most yourself when you're like on stage competing as an athlete um anyway obviously all these injuries stopped her being able to be as successful as she knew she could be as an athlete um and she really struggled with that to the point that she started self-harming during her career so actually she said that when she retired she felt like she lost her identity that was her her quote which Mm -hmm. i think is interesting because it literally is the athlete identity crisis that they call it but even pre her retirement when she couldn't do her sport to the level that she wanted to and she couldn't achieve what she wanted to achieve her mental health was at its worst and it's really sad Mm-hmm. But also it's positive to see that she's now really successful. She's doing great things outside of being an athlete. She's still within the athletics world. She's got book deals. She has a great podcast about her mental health and she talks to other athletes and people who have had similar experiences. And she's also started a charity which helps retired athletes to come to terms with their retirement and she basically encourages them, those retired athletes, to become mentors for new athletes. So That is amazing. It's great to see that just because she had those really dark times mm-hmm. and the hard times when she couldn't do her sport, yeah. she's been able to kind of harness that negative energy and turn it into something really positive. That's what I was just saying. Like, It's incredible she's been through all of that, but she's actually turned it on its head and now she's helping other people. And I think it's something that's not spoken about enough. And yeah. I think you'd be surprised at how many people actually do go through this. It's crazy. Completely. And um, 
because I think we're going to come on to talk about how you mentioned briefly that you've had a similar experience. Yeah. Um, it's important to remember that just because we see it in these pro athletes and they have committed so much of their life to sport, mm-hmm. that obviously you'd think, yeah, it would be really hard yeah. to lose all of that the minute you retire. Yeah. But it can also happen in anyone, in amateur athletes, in oh, people absolutely. who are kind of our age and maybe building towards that kind of big Olympic career because I think now at uni that's when all the hard work gets put in definitely if you suddenly get injured or you suddenly have to stop for whatever reason it can be just as devastating absolutely um (coughs) there was lots of evidence in covid that um athletes who suddenly had that like regime and being able to train taken away from them because of lockdown there was like a massive spike in anxiety levels among athletes yeah i I can imagine really interesting yeah definitely covid would have taken its toll completely but like you were saying it happens at every every ability whether that's grassroots pre-elite elite top top level and yeah. I, th- I do think probably the one the hardest level to be at is the pre-elite stage because it's it's when you're kind of you show potential but you're not quite there yet so you probably don't get the support that other athletes get um yeah. i think that's when people will struggle the most because if you do get injured at this stage, you don't really have the support networks there, like the professional help and yeah, stuff. To fall so back on. you're almost nearly there on the top stage, but you're not, you can't because people can't really you're help you. You're on the brink. You're on the yeah, cusp. Yeah, yeah, and, and there's so much potential, so much yep. excitement and yep. anticipation. Yeah. If you have that all ripped away, it sucks. Oh, yeah, the toll on the mental health. Do you want to talk a bit about your experience with yes. the identity crisis? Yes, of course. So I kind of the foundation of it all is. Um, I've internalised myself as being my, my main personality trait is sport essentially <laughs> and obviously since it then still is. <laughs> I found out that you know there's other parts of me that that is great and it's not just to do with the sport but Completely. like when I, from, from a young age I think it's kind of embedded in me from the tangible rewards I got given so say when I was younger I'd get awards for sport um, such as sports personality of the year at my school which was quite a big award to get yeah. um, that I got um, little little things like Miss Sporty of the Year and you know the the yeah, cricket girl. cricket season went well, all that stuff. Those you know, little trophies it's, it's that on my you shelf, get medals. Yeah, so so many tangible rewards, but also the you know the verbal praise as well. Mm. Um, I got a lot of it, and you know the when people say, "Oh, that you've got a lot of potential," when I went for county trials and got into county, and it's like all of these labels that you kind of internalise. Yeah. Um, so so I had all of this when I was younger. So essentially, I believed that all my worth was that I was going to be good at sport you know like the mm. academic side of it things like I, w- I was good at academics but um the sport side came above that so when I fully believed this um obviously I knew I had to live up to expectations and as you can imagine if this suddenly meant I could not do sport anymore that's when it really would have its impact on me mm-hmm. which happened in the last couple of years so I have an injury called patella tendinopathy um big words yeah (laughs) um it's where the tendon below the knee i don't want to get into the science of it because you know not not professional we don't have all day (laughs) (laughs) exactly trust me um but yeah i've had this for over a year now and it is very debilitating um and as you i am a triple jumper so having this injury means i can't really do plyometrics can't compete i haven't triple jumped uh since 2021 so um the fact that I couldn't do this sport and I'd internalise myself be, having sport as a big part of my 
my personality mm. um really did send me into a crisis like quote yeah. crisis but um yeah so I really suffered in that respect and thought that I was kind of worthless and didn't know what I could bring to the world if you know what I mean so, yeah. yeah and that that must have been a really really hard time yeah but yeah, definitely I think you've come out the other side I think so I you like just gotta to speak think. out yeah <laughs> I mean what do you think was the turning point what do you think helped you get you know get over that I think just reaching out talking to people to go get help from a physio like if, this is the injury side of things yes. but obviously you can speak to whoever you want with other side of things say retirement or other issues yeah. but um yeah so I went and saw a physio found out what the problem was because I did neglect this for quite a while I was in denial because um ever since I was small like I never really got injured you know you know you have full of energy you and, feel invincible oh, I feel like you, like you and I well actually I did once there was a kind of a <laughs> a scare when I was quite a lot younger I was like 12 maybe and when I was doing gymnastics mm-hmm. and I had scoliosis really mild scoliosis but for a bit they thought they were going to have to operate on my back wow okay so I never actually went through with the operation I never had to stop doing gymnastics mm-hmm. I was super lucky well that's a scare at 12 years old though, but like the the fear for me at, like having to potentially quit or even just they were like don't worry you'll be able to go back to the sport like the operation will make it easier for you but, like, as an athlete, like, people will try and comfort you, but there's this inherent fear of the fact that you can't do your sport. What else what, are you going to do? What are you going to do? Your time? And yeah. I remember, even like 12, I was, like, I was terrified. I was sobbing in the doctor's room. Yeah. I was sobbing at gymnastics oh, training. Yeah. Like, it's really scary, especially it when is. you don't often get injured. Genuinely, I just thought I was really lame. Like, for the whole of second year of uni, I just thought, like, what am I doing, honestly? I just felt really pathetic, if I'm being truthful. So I would say um, speak to people, get your support network, speak to family and friends. Um, You know, you've got to understand that this isn't your calling. Like, yes, you can be brilliant at sport. The people that are on the top stage, the Olympians, that is not their true self, you know? They're human beings. They have so much to give. And that you have other amazing qualities that you may not see because sporters uh, displace this. Yeah, that's just a part of them. And I think that's yeah. something that I was going to say about how to overcome it is to find balance. Like, yes. take up baking. Take up, yes. like, I don't know, like learn to arrange flowers. Just do, like... Yeah, do pottery. Yeah, pottery. I love pottery. <laughs> it's so good. Take Paint up pottery. Paint some pottery and be awful at it. Yeah. Like... You don't have to be good at everything. Be horrific. You do. That's where the authenticity comes in. It probably would sell for a lot because it's so awful and looks like art. Yeah, but I think <laughs> like as sports people, you you become a perfectionist about like being the best you can be at everything and all the hobbies that you do. But actually, take up a hobby that doesn't mean as much to you as a sport does, and take up a hobby that maybe people aren't going to congratulate you every time you bake a cookie. Yeah. But that doesn't matter. Because yeah, it's the little wins. It. It's the little wins. You're finding other things about yourself and you've got to mm-hmm. like explore other yeah. routes to do that. So I, I'd say that's yeah, that's a good thing. Find the little the little wins in life, you know? Even Absolutely. like, I actually love waking up and realising I can have a cup of coffee in the morning. And I know Ooh. that sounds so like old <laughs> of me. Me and Ads literally have to look at each other for one second and like we have like telepathic communication Yeah, we just want to go get coffee. Genuinely. <laughs> Even at like 11.30pm, she's like, do you want a coffee? And I like 100% know I really shouldn't. 
but like, like there's no doubt about it i'm like yes it's like when you eat cereal at night it just is better like when you yeah. drink coffee at night it's just Full english breakfast for dinner it's like the spice of life if you turn <laughs> things on its head it's so much better <laughs> <laughs> amen um another coping mechanism that i thought about is reframing so in that time when you were injured you probably couldn't train as much yeah but therefore you probably have more free time and a little bit more freedom to to do some things that maybe you didn't have time to get round to as an athlete or perhaps you could just go to the pub on a tuesday night because you didn't have training the next day yeah and rather than being sad about that I know it's really hard, but almost try and reframe it as a positive. This like, is so true. Yay, I get to spend this is more so time true. with my friends. I have yay. an example about it. Like, Go on, tell So, me. like, because um, me and you, we do summer sports. Yes. Um, obviously, athletics is... You have to be consistently either training or competing, especially mm-hmm. in summer. So, when I was injured, I was obviously really upset, but I couldn't compete. So, me and my friend Becca... Hey, Becca, if you're listening, Hi. she's my housemate. Um, <laughs> We just went, okay, we're going to Milan. Like there in, you go. So I think it was June. We just finished uni. We're like, we're going to Italy. We went, we went to Milan, Lake Como. I mm. also went to Scotland with my boyfriend That's um, to go to St. Andrew's Golf Course. Um, went yeah. to Cyprus. Like there was so many, I couldn't, didn't have to feel guilty about going yeah. to these places and I got to travel a little bit. So that was really nice. So whilst you still had loads of love for athletics and couldn't yeah. wait to get back to it, you, you weren't being ignorant of the athletics no. while you were doing those things. You were just enjoying the the freedom that you had. Absolutely. So there you go. We've yeah. he- we heard it here first. It's a tried and tested yeah. method. Genuinely, <laughs> like, just take take life, like, what it gives to you. Just kind of make something out of it, you know? Have you seen... Um, elemental ember when she when that glass (laughs) breaks and then she like turns it into a different thing like what is it do you know what i mean like she was so talented at making the glass oh yes yeah so like one of the glasses smashed and then she turned it into a more beautiful glass yeah because she was made out of fire so she made the glass and i was just like yeah so you've turned something bad into a good situation sorry that was a really niche example i'm sorry watch elemental if you haven't please watch elemental it's really wholesome it's so good (laughs) it will make you happy and apparently it will help you overcome your athlete identity crisis yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah i think also you touched on this but i think it's important to know that everyone who is an athlete has probably had these feelings at some point yeah you said you felt lame when you felt like that yeah but that's probably because you didn't realize that every single athlete has probably had these kind of feelings at some point in their career regardless of whether they're an olympian or they just do it for fun um and it's important to remember that you are not alone and you're normal for feeling that way Mm -hmm. it's not it doesn't make you ill or broken or wrong you're so normal. it's part of life yeah you're not alone cliche but you're not not alone alone. um and finally i think do you have any more any more coping mechanisms you'd like Um, to share so from my instagram post oh yeah go on um it's called athlete bulletin by the way it's n- ugh, i didn't mean for it to be self promo but i just didn't want you to like not know what this i'm looking at not an app yeah. um there's just a few like yeah find other hobbies that you enjoy think i think the um the angle when you're retired a retired athlete think about potential career paths to transfer into mm. um you know you can still be involved in the sporting industry i, d- I do a sports science degree and i've realized there's so many angles that you can go into such as psychology yeah. physio um, coaching yeah coaching teaching uh performance and analysis yeah. there's so many different things where you can also show your sporting identity through this career path yeah. so it doesn't have to be through direct performance sport yeah or even if you just 
keep surrounding yourself with that sport. Go watch it. Buy yeah, tickets yeah. to watch it. Like read read articles about it. Just you can still surround yourself yeah. with that world. Uh, however, you don't need to go into sport um, as such. Like you can find a completely different pathway, which may actually you know help you more if you maybe go into a creative side of things yeah. or just try something new because you know there's so many things out there. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. Um. So yeah. I I was just gonna say finally I think if the problem gets really bad or if it persists or if you just feel like nothing's really working you of you you can see a therapist you can get free free therapy through the NHS you can go privately to a therapist um and that is obviously the the best way to seek Absolutely. medical help if things get really bad yeah um and it's not weak of you it's actually the other way around you're really actually strong. really strong for doing it so yeah absolutely yeah so there you have it that's our two cents on the athlete identity crisis um and we hope it was interesting and somewhat useful even if you haven't come across this problem yet in your athletics career yeah it's just useful to know i guess yeah and if you have friends who might be suffering with it you can hopefully relate to them a bit more and understand a bit more about the problem um yay (laughs) we're gonna round off today's episode with something a little bit more upbeat um (laughs) because that that was that was hardcore um we're gonna do would you rather again we had fun last week it was fun we had a good time it was fun. um so as would you like to kick off with your, with i imagine the mic did not just pick me up um <laughs> would you like to kick off with your first would you rather yes mine aren't really to do with sport again mine that's aren't. Okay. <laughs> okay cool <laughs> i feel like it's nice to just then come away from sport and just round it off with Remember, some weird sport is goofy not your things. whole personality exactly <laughs> there we go so fitting <laughs> it's a metaphor Okay, Hannah. Tell me. Would you rather have telekinesis, the ability to move things with your mind, that is, by the way, or telepathy, the ability to read minds? So would you like to be Matilda or someone... Matilda! What's an example (laughs) of someone that reads minds? Can anyone Um, do that, um, like um, a superhero um, or something? Yes, one of the fairies in the Winx saga. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember her name. Fair enough. But she's a mind fairy. Okay, cool. Would you like to be that fairy or Matilda? (laughs) No, I'd like to be Matilda because sometimes I'm feeling lazy. I'm in bed and I just like want food or the TV remote or something. Yeah. If I could move, like there's so often where I'm just like, if I could move things with my mind right now, that'd be great. AKA laziness. Okay. And what? And what are you going to do about it? I did take a bowl of her chickpeas out of her room the other day. I'm sorry for exposing you. Oh, this they is, were definitely three days off. This is brutal. I am not lazy. I'm just a little bit ADHD. <laughs> um, and so sometimes my room gets messy, but Ads came in and cleaned my room for me. What a legend. It's okay. <laughs> Thanks, girl. <laughs> um, right. Would you rather be born with a giraffe neck or an elephant trunk. Wow. Um, giraffe neck, I think. <laughs> I can see yeah, sh- over fences. Can I don't you know. imagine being at a concert? Like, you wouldn't... You'd, you know when oh, you're in, at a concert, yeah. You know when so you're in good. the union, you're in the club and you've lost your mates and yep. just, like, you're looking at someone's back because you're yeah. too short. <laughs> but then people would be constantly annoyed at me, like, in cinemas and stuff. Like, <laughs> you'd have to get in the back seat. Also, how time. would you sleep? Anyway... Oh, You'd have to I get don't a know. Super long bed. I don't want a trunk. That's all. That's just a <laughs> so fair. No one will be able to see you my could face. Spray water at people with it. <laughs> <laughs> and the scope for imagination. That's a good one. I like that. But I'd like to be a giraffe neck. I okay, think. groovy. Um. Okay. Would you rather be eleven feet tall or nine inches tall? <laughs> 
That's like so oddly similar to the giraffe neck. Oh yeah, I just realised. Nine inches tall. Okay, so you're literally living in an ant's life. What's it called? An, a bug's life or an ant's world? Have you seen that? A movie? bug's life. A bug's life. Love yeah, that, love I that. feel like that would be fun. <gasps> yeah, because you could see all of the wildlife in the grass. Like, like I'm just ladybugs. envisaging like, like you you come to like a tiny puddle, but it's like the ocean. Do you know what oh, I mean? Like wow. the, this, yeah. the world would be. But a fun then you'd place. get stepped on. You do have the potential to get squashed. Oh. So but sad. it's a risk, a, a risk I'm willing to take. Maybe 11 foot tall would be the logical answer here, but nah. Robert boring. Wadlow, look him up, guys. Okay. <laughs> he's um the world's tallest man. Is he 11 foot he's tall? He's in Ripley's, believe it or not. Um, he's I don't know if he was 11 foot tall. He probably is, you know. I'll look it up another time. But That is crazy. Yeah. Right, this is my turn. Would you rather eat a whole tub of mayonnaise or a whole tub of Marmite? Oh, my days. Okay, so... Yeah. <laughs> you were probably expecting me to go down one answer right now because Hannah and I are completely obsessed with Marmite. Muffins for the Marmite. We have it every day. Our house um, on us. toast <laughs> with eggs in pasta, in crisps, in baby bells, in peanut butter. Oh. The list is endless. In fact, we were considering doing a Marmite like eating challenge where we buy every single product in the supermarket that has Marmite in and just eat it. Yes, we need, we need to do that because we love it. Okay, my answer is the mayonnaise, just because I feel like my cholesterol will be too high with all the salt content in the Such in the marmite. Such a good point, yeah. Notoriously, but I do love mayonnaise is so healthy for me. <laughs> is it? <laughs> but I'd, I okay, I'd rather have the mayonnaise personally. I feel like it'd be easier to get through. Yeah, Honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it would go down easier. Also, my flatmates thought basically I had a bowl <laughs> full of Greek yogurt the other day and started eating it. And why are you eating <laughs> mayonnaise? And I just so looked at them for like ten seconds. I was like, please, this is Greek yogurt with honey. This is brilliant. But like the fact they believed it was really insulting. They actually thought I was eating a tub of mayonnaise. That's actually why I asked this question. That says a lot about me. They actually thought yeah, they that thought, I would do that. I feel like if anyone in the house was going to eat a whole tub of mayonnaise, it would be you. <gasps> Sorry. Sorry. Really? Okay. <laughs> Cry. Okay. Um. <laughs> Let me just look at a good one. Would you? This is really weird. Would you rather lose all your teeth or lose a day of your life every time you kiss someone? Oh God. That's. So weird. <laughs> that's you know what? That's gonna expose me. <laughs> um. Get dentures, I guess. Oh. Yeah, but I've I've had this conversation like how like are oh, the pranks you could ah lose all my teeth. Okay. Pranks I could play with my dentures. Yeah, or veneers. veneers. you can have Yeah. Mm, Go to yeah. Turkey. Yeah. <laughs> I would I would I'd lose all my teeth and get <laughs> dentures and then I'd like put you them in people's water. Want. And, yeah, oh. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. freely. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> right. Um Okay, <laughs> I, I don't know which one to ask you because I've actually got quite a few lined up. But I'm going to ask you this one. It's it's the best would you rather question I have ever heard. Oh my god, I'm excited. Would you rather be a tree that can feel pain or a snail that never dies? Oh god, it's um, really hard. Oh. If I'm a tree that can feel pain and a and a tree surgeon comes along, like that's yeah. my fate, right? <laughs> Tammy, bleep that out, please. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. I'm just um, foreshadowing a tree surgeon coming to decapitate me. So I'm going to say a snail. You know, it would be quite fun. Yeah, like, have you seen that Turbo Snail movie? 
Oh, yeah, so good, so good. I hate snails, but like furs. If you were a snail, you would be, be a turbo snail. snail. I'll be a snail. You That's hate fine. snails? Yes. What do they Fun fact, to you? I have actually eaten them in france <laughs> they're actually really nice nice okay if you have garlic and herb with them they're really nice they just taste like a mushroom it's yeah, just it's getting over grassy. the mental block okay yeah i i would try a snail yeah you, it's just one of those things you've got to tick off the bucket list right so true yeah um right i, I believe we're done that rounds it up right. yeah thank you so much for listening everybody Thank you. Go and follow our Instagram, Going Off Track Podcast. Absolutely. And if you have any ideas for episodes, um, anything, any questions you want us to talk about, any problems that you're facing in your athletics life, anything at all, DM them to us because we'll talk about them on the pod. Yeah, I can tell you who Robert Wadlow is if you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, DM us. Or if you have fun, would you rather? <laughs> yes. Oh, my days. That's also yes. good. But maybe DM us personally for that so then we can ask one or the other about it. Yeah, maybe, true. If true. you would like that. But yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, guys. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. See ya.